0: Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. I'm reading out of Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. And it says, see, this is God speaking. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wastelands. Hey, over the next few minutes, I want to speak to you from this idea or this subject. I hope that you take notes because today's message is extremely practical, meaning that you can actually handle it and use it in your daily life. I want to speak to you from this idea, the big picture. For us to live a big life, we have to understand, we have to know, we have to perceive the big picture. Come on, let's pray. Dear King, we exalt you and we thank you for this moment, Lord God, that we can just come before you right now. I pray that you would speak to us, speak through us, Lord. I pray, Father, that we would see the big picture, that we would understand the mission that you have placed in us, the purpose, the destiny, Lord God, the assignment that you have given us, Lord. And help us, Father, to be able to slow down and be able to see it, Lord. Life comes at us at a hard pace, Lord. And Father, we get distracted sometimes from even talking to you. But I pray, oh God, that you would help us today, Lord Jesus, to be able to focus on you, Lord. Father, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' beautiful name that we pray, Lord God. Amen and amen. Come on, Greater Church, would you put your hands together one more time all over this place. Oh, come on, Greater Church, would you put your hands together and make some Jesus, some noise for Jesus in this place. I, uh... It's funny because so much has shifted in our in our in our world in the last couple of weeks. I was actually driving through Logan'sville, which is up in, in Northeast Atlanta or Southeast Atlanta, and it was snowing while it was happening. Snow for some of us, I'm from Miami, Florida. We don't get snow. We've never gotten snow a day in our life. For us, we're busting out chinchillas and big coats when it's 60 degree weathers. We think the Lord has abandoned us. When it gets around 50, y'all, that's it. The world's gonna end. Like Miami people, they don't understand. I came up here and I had Thin blood. I was cold the whole time. Now it's 50 degrees, and me and my wife are walking out the house, and we're like, oh, it's kind of hot today. Bro, what? How? the other day I was with the city and we were having the state of the city address with some of the, uh, the mayor and some of the aldermen and different individuals who were in the room. And we were just talking about what we were going to do moving forward as a city and kind of planning out what 2022 was going to look like. I remember having a conversation uh, with Angie. So Angie Luna, she's the one that runs all of our power. So Georgia power or Ackworth power. She's the one that runs that. And I was, as I was speaking to her, she's like, yeah, you know, I'm not excited about after Chris, after, after Christmas. And I'm like, why? And she She's like, ah, all this snow and stuff. I was like, and she's Puerto Rican, by the way. So I'm like, Angie, this is new to you. You didn't have this in Puerto Rico. Like, it's snow. It's fun. And she just looks at me with this look like, of disgust. And I'm like, Angie, why? What? What happened? She's like, it's not fun for me. And I was like, why? You freaking Scrooge! Like, what are you like? Oh my God! Bah humbug! And she's like, no. She's like, Chino, while you are having fun with your kids and you're laughing, and you're throwing snowballs with each other, I don't see my family for six to twelve days because I have to be out there figuring out all the power lines that have fallen and all of the people who don't have power. And it gets pretty crazy because some of my guys will not see their family for weeks at a time. As a matter of fact. One of our own, uh, or actually from River Family Church, the church that meets at 9 o'clock, um, Jeremy, his son Nate, was told the day before the snow happened on Saturday, the snow apocalypse. they told him, make sure that you're here at 7 a.m. Not only are you here at 7 a.m., but make sure that you bring enough clothes to last you for the rest of the week because we don't know what's going to happen, and they have to prepare. Here's the crazy part about it. I did not understand what I was talking about because I was looking at it from my perspective, right? I was macros. I saw it right here. The kids are going to throw snowballs at each other. It's going to be fun. We're going to make snowmen. The back of our house, there's a hill back there. We're going to slide down the hill. I'm seeing all of the fun stuff. While Angie is sitting there thinking about it, and she's like, it's not going to be fun. I'm going to be working hard for the next two weeks. What's crazy is that this is the way that we approach Christianity sometimes. When we're talking about living a big life, all it looks like is a word that's coming out of a pastor's mouth. And when you think about it, it's a catchphrase or a graphic to put up on the screen. But we don't have the big picture of what that big life actually looks like. Please understand that you are not going to live forever in that flesh that you're in. This skin and bones that you're in right now, the life that you're in right now, it's not going to last forever. Everybody is promised and it is appointed for everyone to die. I am so hopeful right now. Oh my God, I feel so great. Thank you. I'm so glad I came to this church. He's telling me I'm going to die. Oh my God, amazing. I love it. It's not everybody, every single person. I don't know anybody who hasn't. Everybody's going to experience that. While we're living here though, we have an opportunity to live a life and for us to understand and live that big life we have to understand and have eternity in perspective understand that Christians those who have called on the name of Jesus whether you're in person or you're watching online that when we take our last breath here we're going to begin to live forever in eternity with Jesus that is what we believe we've given our life to this thing this is what we call faith we believe that that's going to happen so if we know that that's going to happen we take a big picture right so we're no longer on ground level all of a sudden I took you feet. 5,000 feet, 50,000 feet in the air, and you're looking at everything through a bird's eye view, it changes the way that you live your life. When you start to think, yo, there's more after this. Not only is there more after this, but this thing ends in a vapor. I mean, it's quick. I was 16 years old yesterday, or it felt like it. I was talking to my son and we were laughing because yesterday <laughs> my kids decided to stay and watch a basketball game at the Ackworth Rec Center. And it was nighttime. And I didn't know because the Ackworth Rec Center closes at two and it was seven o'clock, eight o'clock now. And I'm like, yo, where the heck are my kids? My I started getting a little nervous. And I was like, and then I started thinking about it. I was like, yo, I remember when I was a kid, I used to be out till 11, 10 o'clock at night. I used to run around the street. I didn't. The street lights went off. My mom knew I'd come eat and then go right back out. And I'm like, we live in a totally different time now. When my kids are out too late, I'm like, yo, with my kids, we both got in a car, two cars, and went looking for them around the neighborhood. Like, we were like, yo, where are our kids at? We got to find them. But, but it's crazy because you, you, you move through life so fast. It's a vapor. Yo, can I tell you something? We're in 2022, bro. Not only are we in 2022, but we're three quarters of the way done with January. Three quarters of the way done with January. How? How did that happen? It was just Christmas. Some of y'all still got your Christmas tree up. Take it down, guys. This is weird. Take the lights down. Go home after church. I'm going to end quick. Go home and take the lights down. That's it. No more. You can't keep them up. That's it. It's over. But I mean, that's how fast life moves, man. It was a minute ago that I was looking in that beautiful, fine girl's face in the back, and I was saying, I do to her. And now we've been married for 16 years. And I still say, I do. Sometimes, (laughs) I do forever, baby. I love you. You're the best part of me. But in our lives, if we look at it, yo, everything passes so quick that if we don't take time for a second and slow down and look at the big picture, we're gonna move through life the same way that everybody moves through life. It's gonna be 10 years, 20 years, 30 years down the line. Here's my hope and my desire. I almost named this message Beyond Resolutions because we're in that time right now where a lot of us are tipping over that part where you broke all your resolutions where you you went to the gym for the first couple of weeks, you read your Bible for the first couple of weeks, you walked around the neighborhood for the first couple of weeks. And usually towards the end of January, the beginning of February, this is where all the resolutions get broken. But this is where you kickstart and you begin to allow the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that is living inside of you to actually push you forward instead of slow you down. What does that mean? That means that we had a lot of ideas of what we wanted our life to look like in 2022. And here is where two things happen. Number one, we break all of our resolutions and people start to slow down and they're like, ah, whatever. Is going to be another year. And then there's another side of people that you're in this room and the February, though it is the beginning of, you know, Valentine's Day, and you ain't got a significant other, or you don't have a significant other anymore, or something happens, everybody's talking about love, and you're like, I ain't got a boo, I don't got nobody to spoon with, this is, it's tough, I want a boyfriend, I want a girlfriend, and it begins to draw up depression and anxiety, and it makes you start feeling a little weird as you kind of start stepping into this season. But not only that, the midterms are about to start, so you're going to start hearing turmoil and political and social injustice, and there's so many things that starts to get ramped up before you know it, you're just like, yo, what the heck is going on with life, that if you don't get a big picture for your own life and know where you're walking and the steps that you're taking then you're going to find yourself inundated and walking and moving through the the bible says the flood of dissipation meaning that it's just you're just in the current walking with everybody and you got the same anxiety the same depression the same brokenness and god has called you to live a big life that you are to live in a place where you know where you're going you have a big picture of what you want to do It's in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10. One of my favorite scriptures that I quote, I live by this verse because I believe that it is something that as believers we should have all the time. It says a dull axe requires more strength. Be wise and sharpen your blade. Meaning if I get a tree and I have a dull axe, keep it up there. And I have a dull axe, every time that I hit it, it's not sharpened. It's going to take more strength. But if I sharpen it, I'm wise. It's going to take less strength and less time to bring that tree down. All of this is saying is that you have to have a time of preparation in your life. The resolutions are done. Yo, okay, good. You did it. Maybe some of y'all are still doing your New Year's resolutions. You're drinking your vitamins still. You did everything that you were supposed to do. But right now, it's a time of preparation. Do not allow for the 21 days of prayer and fasting that greater church has gone through for it to end. And for you, once you finish this service, you're ending the fast quick. Because you're going to McDonald's, Burger King, you're going to Chick-fil-A. That's not going to happen because it's closed on Sundays. But you're going to go somewhere to go eat and you're like ready to break the fast. And you're done. I don't got to get up at five in the morning and pray no more. Yo, don't allow for that to be the pace that you live at. Listen to me. The way that you start a season... Is always going to be dictated or it's always going to dictate the pace of that season. If you start something strong, it's going to allow for you to continue it strong. Don't allow for your life to just go back to normal. Now you're going to get back on Instagram because you fasted it for a little while. Mm. Be careful with that. Now I'm about, I'm about to binge on Netflix. I wanted to watch my show. They got new episodes of Grey's Anatomy. I need to catch up. Just be careful with that. I'm not being legalistic or telling you don't do those things, but I am telling you be careful with those things. Let this be a season. Yo, I'm giving you permission to slow all the way down and allow for as long as you need for you to prepare for what 2020 is going to look like. There's a roadmap that God has and that he wants to show you what this next year can look like, but you have to slow down and you have to watch it. Ecclesiastes is talking about this idea that God wants you to prepare, sharpen your axe. Here's what I want to tell you. Last week I mentioned this and I said God is smart and he knows things and he actually wants to show you these things. That God is all-knowing. And that as the great father that he is, that he wants to begin to show you and reveal to you what 2020 is going to look like, 2022, that you can actually begin to take the steps that were ordained for you, that you can see your future ahead of you and that you're not running around dictated by what everybody else and living in the pain, the frustration, the stress of what everybody else is thinking, but that you can have your vision. The Bible says that Jesus' face was as Flint, that he knew he had to go to Jerusalem, that you can have that same purpose. I don't care who's around me. She's she's fine and he's fine. He got a six pack and she got a... Back, I'm not worried about it. I'm heading this way. I know where I'm going where you can actually begin to take the steps that God has for you and that God wants to reveal this to you. But it's like the Christmas story, right? That's what we want. We want the Christmas story. I, I don't mean just Jesus. I mean, remember Joseph? He wanted to quit on his wife because she was pregnant <laughs> by the Holy Ghost. And he said, he prepared in his mind, I'm going to eliminate this chick. Like, yo, I got to dump her. Like, I'm done. It's over. Hey, I can't. You pregnant, bro. Like, by the Holy Spirit, shut up. You're a liar. Like, he had to eliminate her. He was going to eliminate her. And then the Bible says, and an angel came to him in a dream, and he began to reveal to him not only what was going to happen, bro, he revealed to him the gender that was inside of Mary's womb. He gave him the name of the child. And how many of us don't desperately want God? Yo, why can't you just tell me the way you told Joseph? Just be clear, bro. Like, God, just tell me. You want me to move to Alaska? Bro, I'm gone. You want me to go to Africa? I'll go to Africa and become a missionary. But just tell me. Like just talk to me. Like tell me. I'll do whatever you want. Anything you want, I'll do it. And we feel like God is like hidden, his will is like hidden when in reality it's not. It's, it's actually revealed. Like God actually wants to show you those things that the very way that he spoke to Joseph, he still speaks to us. In fact, he not only speaks to us and it's not in a dream, it's in the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. That is not just a dream for a season, but our actual life can continually have the voice of God in it. And God can continue to tell us what these things are and the steps that he wants us to take. But we're going so freaking fast in life. we, We don't stop to just take a second. The initial verse that I opened up with, the Bible says that God says in Isaiah, he says, I am doing a new thing. Isaiah 49, I'm sorry, Isaiah 43, 19. It says, I am doing a new thing. Can you not perceive it? Isaiah 43, verse 19. (laughs) See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? You can't see it? God is saying, you can't see what I'm doing? Me and my, my kids... We're always driving around, and as I alluded to a little bit earlier, I'm from Miami, Florida. And in Miami, Florida, for those of you that are are from Miami, Florida, or you're from Florida, like, we don't have all the animals that Georgia has. We have, like, iguanas that, like, in November and December and in January, they're, like, on the side of the road. They're, like, sunbathing, scrolling through Instagram. It's crazy. That's all we have. We had iguanas. Like, you might see squirrels. Like, you know, that's that's it. Anything else, you won't see it in the city. As we drove and we've lived in Georgia, and we've been here for about five years now, yo, I've never seen so many deers in my life bro I, I think I see deer there's like a family of them that live by our house you see them they're in my front yard in my backyard they're all over the place they're on the side of the road dead R.I.P. Ricky like Bambi's dead we love you Bambi R.I.P. we miss you dog but it's like yo I'm saying you see them everywhere and me and my kids, we love it because sometimes we're driving, and as we're driving, we're like, yo, look, just, the deer's right there on the side. A pack of deer, a group of deer, I don't know, a lot of deer. <laughs> we're like, look at them on the side. And Levi, he's my creative one. You see him sometimes running around here with the camera, and he's the creative one. His mind is like in space. How do I get to Mars, bro? What, what can I, like, how can I figure it out? He's like lost. And like, Ramses, you know that. Uh, as we drive, we're like, look all the deer. And everybody's like, oh my God, look at the deer. Oh, how bushy tail. Abby's going crazy. Oh, how beautiful deer. And then we're like, Levi, did you see him? And he's like, huh, what? Who? I'm like, right there. He's like, what, what? I got a turn and make illegal U-turns. Let's take that off the tape. (laughs) i got to make illegal U-turns to go drive by again to show my son, look, right in there, do you see them? He's like, oh yeah, I see them. And i got to slow down and stop everything so that he can see it. See, that's what happens with our life regularly. We're moving so fast that we're missing and we're not perceiving the new thing that God is doing. And what you need to do is that sometimes you need to make a U-turn. Stop doing that thing that you were the one that decided that you wanted to do it. You took that job. It wasn't God that told you to took that job. You made that relationship. It wasn't God that told you to take that relationship. If you're married, I'm not talking to you. But if you were the one that did some stuff, sometimes you just got to make a U-turn and go back and sit there and perceive, slow down and perceive what it is that God is doing. Because when you can actually slow down and see what God is doing, he will show you the big picture and he will show you the new thing that he's doing. But, but we have to slow down. The Bible says in Psalms 46:10, be still and know that I am God. Stop. Like, yo, relax for a second. I, the word that I believe that God has given for my personal life and for our church, I, I've, tried to, <laughs> I've tried to color it up and make it sound really good, and I probably will be in the future, but the word that I believe that God has given us is four letters is work, W-O-R-K. That, that word, God has been telling me it in my heart. I've been sensing it. I've been feeling it. And I feel like it's a season of work. But before you work, there is a time of preparation. There's a time where you got to get your tools ready. There's a time where you got to get up a little bit earlier so you can drink your coffee. Because if not, you're going to kill somebody. Where well, you got to make your oatmeal. You got to do whatever you do. Before you get into work, there needs to be a sense of preparation in your own personal life. And I believe that when we are still, and when we take some time and get up a little bit earlier, take some time to relax, On Fridays, don't be so fast to go and do what you want to do, but take some time to just, God, I want to hear from you. When you are still, you can know that he is God. It's like your mind adjusts and it becomes real to you. Be still and know that I am God. The formula for you to know God is for you to be still. But man, we drive and we work in such a fast-paced life that sometimes it's impossible for us to be still. It's impossible for us to slow down and just think, be still and know that I am God. The only time that we're still, and yo, I'm guilty of it. It's not like I'm perfect, you know? I got a halo around and I got wings behind my jacket. The, the times that we're still and the times that we want to relax and that we can take a break, those are the times that are categorized or we put them in our, in our, in our me time, Right? Like when you come home from work, I don't talk to nobody. I'm honest. I don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to pray. I got up late for work. I ran to work. I did everything I had to do. I did the groceries. I came back. I go to the house and I just want to sit down. I'm tired, bro. I've been working my butt off. I'm tired. I just want to sit there. I just, it's just me time. I just want to sit on the couch. I want to scroll through ing- Instagram. I just want to argue with people in my brain. Leave me alone. I want to fight with people on Facebook and just tell them how dumb they are in my brain. I don't let it out. I just, in my brain, I just fight. I just, I want to go through me and my wife. We took, and it's there's times that you need that because me and my wife during the Christmas season, we sat there and she went on this binge of watching these corny Christmas rom-coms, romantic comedies for you guys that don't know what it means, but, you know, but we like sat there and we watched like Princess Switch 3. We were like, Princess, how is it? We watched the first one and we were like, this is bad. And like, my wife was like, babe, why did she do this when this is happening? And I remember I looked at her and said, babe, it's freaking Netflix. It's a fake movie. Like they made this up and then there was a part three and you know, we just had to find out what, how did they make it a part three? How did they get there? And we slowly had to watch all of these and then we began to watch all of these corny stuff and we don't like to watch a bunch of stuff that makes you think and all of it. I just want to be lazy and not think for a while. But what happens is that there can be seasons of that. There can be seasons of rest. But then there has to be seasons of preparation. There has to be seasons where it's not just sitting on the couch and letting your mind just go away and making it all about me time. But you have to take that time and sacrifice it and be able to start preparing and spending time with God. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm going to explain to you in a second what that means. But we need to slow down and start listening to God and perceiving what he is doing. Perceiving means that you're intently looking at. I need to be looking at God, not looking at me. That me time, it's not going to stop. That me time, will take over your entire life if you allow for me time to always be about you. In fact, I believe that the the pandemic has kind of sped it up and twisted it a little way when it comes to the me time because of social distancing, because of, you know, don't go here. We don't travel as much as we used to. We don't do the things that we used to. Like, if I'm honest with you, it feels like we're kind of like, we've slowed down in such a way, but in reality, we haven't slowed down at all. Watch what I mean. When you're driving a car, as you're driving a vehicle, There are times that if anybody has ever been in an accident, then you know that the car is driving at a certain determined rate of speed and that car is driving at a fast rate of speed. If it gets in an accident and it hits something, the car is going to stop. It's going to take a little bit, but it's going to stop because it hits something. But what happens and where injuries occur is that the speed in which the car is moving is the very speed in which your body is moving. And if you hit something and you come to a standstill, you are not going to stand still. You can get ejected. You can get seriously injured because you are going at the same speed that the car was going. The car stopped. You didn't stop. And that's why they tell you to put your seatbelt on, because it helps you to be a little bit more part of the car. But what happens is that during the pandemic, in the very same way, I feel like the pandemic has been a car accident. It it messed you up because you had a five-year plan because you thought you were going to do this because you thought you were going to do that You had ideas of what you had goals of what you were going to do as a church Yo, we're a fraction. We're 25% of what we were there were thoughts and ideas of where we were going We had five-year plans. We had teams on top of teams that were meeting with teams that had teams and we were like Yo, we're going we're taking over the world We're gonna kill the devil We're gonna ah!" and then the pandemic hit and it's like boom, but my mind and your mind has not stopped because your mind is still speeding at the very same rate now when you go to pray you're like father i love you oh my god i gotta i gotta remember to take this and i gotta oh my god i forgot to do this and i gotta oh my god why did she say that i didn't like the way that she said that and it's like your mind is constantly you get to the house for some of us maybe it's you maybe you'll be real and honest i'll tell you i'll get in the car sometimes and i'll drive somewhere and when i get to that place i'm like yo how the heck did i get here did i kill somebody on the way like, how did I get here? Because I don't even turn on the radio. Like, my mind is just... And my mind is just going. Yo, that, that, that's the pace that's not sustainable. That's the pace that's going to kill you. If you can slow down and perceive what God is doing, a lot of those thoughts are going to get eliminated. Because you're worrying about how tall was Jesus. What? Like, yo, sometimes I'll be driving in the car and I'm like, what am I even thinking of right now? But if you're able to be still and know that he is God, you're going to start watching as things start kind of showing up. And, oh, that makes sense to me. Because if you don't and you keep speeding in your mind, you're going to pay a price for it. As you drive, me and my wife, goodness. Oh, my God, this had to have been. 10 plus years ago, 12 years ago, um, I used to do music. And I remember that I came to Georgia um, because, we, no, we weren't even doing music. We are going to go see your brother in Waynesville, North Carolina by Asheville. And as we were driving, I entered into Valdosta in uh, South Georgia from Florida. And when I got there, <laughs> I didn't notice that I was going 80 miles an hour. Don't judge me. You know you do the same thing. And I was, I was driving, and before you knew it, I see the lights behind me. Boo! And when I see the lights behind me, I look to my left And Tommy, all filled with construction. All the construction workers were on the side. And I I didn't even pay attention. God pulls me over. He gives me a ticket for speeding. But then on top of that, they double the fines because I was speeding. Thank God that I have police officers in my life and were able to squash the ticket for me. You got to have friends in high places. I'm telling you, you can't just have friends in low places. Shout out to Garth Brooks. You have to have friends in high places. They help you. Praise the Lord. Yo, what's funny is that I, I started thinking about this. And even as I'm preparing this message, and it's, I think it's the same thing that happens in our own personal life. Sometimes we're speeding through seasons where there's construction to be done. Um, right now, you're in a season right now where your faith, your life, it's, it's constructing. Especially at the beginning of the year, you want to construct what this year looks like. And in a season of construction where you're trying to figure stuff out, you're about to get married, you're about to start a new job, you're about to start a new business, you want to get married, you're doing all of these things and you're in a season of construction. Be careful to slow down so that you can hear God, so that you can perceive God and see the new thing that he's doing. Because if not, I don't believe that your fines will get doubled. I believe that they will get multiplied. And you see it. Because it's your finances that get affected. It's your personal emotion. Your mental health gets affected. The relationship. I mean, there's so many things that get affected when you speed through a construction season. My hope and my desire is that today, as you listen to everything that we're talking about, that you would actually slow down in your life and not just allow for resolutions to just take place, but that you would actually sit down and look at the big picture of what God wants to do in your life, because there is a lot that he wants to do, that you would slow down and that you would perceive it. Today, my hope and my desire is that you would take some of the elementary, the, 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 the very basic things of God, and that you would actually let them be sustained in your life. Big words, Chino, you know, talk to me in layman's terms. What you talking about, bro? This is what I mean. Prayer and reading your word, that you would make it a non-negotiable this year. Because that is where God not only listens to your voice, but where he begins to speak to you. I know you think you need a 7.99 prayer cloth that's found on TBN. You don't need that to hear from God. God has spoken everything that he needs to speak to you inside of this word. He has given you the, tri- the, the, the trip that you need to take. He has given you the speed that you need to take. And he has given you who needs to be in that car with you. It's found in the scriptures and my hope and my desire is that this year you would take the two basic fundamental things of prayer, of spending time with God, eliminating distractions... If it's in the mornings and you got to get up earlier, spend some time earlier with God. If it's when you come home, energize yourself. Drink some coffee, do something, but spend time with God because I promise you, you need His voice in your life. I know you have smart friends. You got an incredible pastor. I know. He's lost weight. He looks cool. I get it. I understand that. But He's not going to direct you the way that God is going to direct you. You need to spend your time with God in prayer and you need to spend your time with God in His Word because here's what will happen God will start revealing to you and showing you things. I know it's basic. I know it's elementary, I know it's small, but for a lot of us, if I asked you to read your hand and I asked you, how is your prayer life? Give it to me from a scale from one to 10, one being the worst, 10 being the top. You probably, most of us in this room will probably say that my prayer life is not exactly where I want it to be at. You know, I'm not reading as much as I should be reading. I'm not spending time with God the way that I should be. Super elementary, super basic, but here's where I wanna give you a tool because what happens is that it's not that it's bad, it's that it becomes inconsistent inconsistent. We love instant gratification, right? We love to eat a donut mm, and it tastes good. We like that. That's easy. I eat a donut and it tastes good. The delayed gratification is that you get diabetes, you die of a heart attack. There he goes again with the whole dying thing. Like if you can eat a cheeseburger, you can eat a chicken now, but you're going to pay for it later. Delayed gratification means I'm going to go to the gym now and I'm going to feel way more healthier later. But is there something to be said about instant gratification? Is there something to be said about how do I apply this to my own personal life and actually begin to produce the results from it? What does that mean? Here it is. For us, prayer and fasting, right? Prayer and reading our word, taking time to spend with God. Here's a practical thing that I would ask you to do. Get a calendar. And maybe you can even get just a calendar that is, a, that is a, 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 one of those uh, dry erase calendars for the year and put it in your room, in your office, wherever it is. And here's all I'm asking you to do. Every day that you read your Bible and that you spend some time with God in prayer, I just want you to put an X. Now, here's the truth. We're not all going to be perfect. We're going to miss some days. But here's my challenge for 2022. Just don't miss two days in a row. Just don't miss two days in a row. Every single day, mark your little X on the calendar. Mark your little, If you miss a day, okay, the next day, I can't miss it. I can't miss it. And mark your X. Here's what's going to happen. Before you know it, you're going to start a streak. And you're going to end up in 14 days, 21 days. I might miss a day. Get another streak. Don't miss two days in a row. You're going to end up being three months, four months in it. And you're like, yo, I don't, every single time that you finish, you just, I want to mark that little X. And you could step back and say, oh, I'm holy, hallelujah. I need to tell Chino. He needs to let me preach. Like, I do this, uh, the Lord, and watch, because listen to me, it's not about a calendar or a trick. It's not about any of those things. Is that in the byproduct of it, you're going to begin to hear God's voice in such a way that you have never heard it before. You're gonna start sensing God teaching you and showing you stuff. And it's not just a little drop that he gives you. It's like, no, now he's tying it together. Now he's showing me the cast around me. Now he's showing me the protagonist. He's showing me where it is that I'm going. What does the scene looks like? Before you know it, months into this thing, you begin to see the big picture. Because God actually wants to reveal it to you. Isaiah forty-three, nineteen. behold, I am doing a new thing. Can you not perceive it? Can you not see it? And you'll be able to see. Yes, Lord, I see it. Not only do I see it, but I keep hearing you tell me about it over and over and over and over again. Can I tell you that this big picture, it's the gospel, really. The story of Jesus, the assignment that you have over your life. The things that you have stored up inside of you, these are the things that God has done for his glory. When we talk about living a big life, it's not so that you can live a big life so that you have the best company or you have the greatest ministry and you're the traveling evangelist and you have the best church or you have the best marriage. Living a big life is living a life that not only has been taught by God, constructed by God, prepared by God, but you're living it for God. This was the story of Jesus. If we're honest, if we look at the story of Jesus and we take Jesus and the whole like (laughs) the whole, you know, savior of the world. If you take the whole son of God, Christianity, if you take all of that out, the guy lived for 30 years. And after 30 years, everything that he learned and was a part of, he went countercultural to it. I mean, he just eliminated everything that he was taught and began to teach something completely new. Not only did he begin to completely teach something new, but everybody who was around him, well, his friends that were around him and everybody who was on the outside, they hated him. Think about this. Jesus at the age of 33 years old doesn't have a wife, doesn't have a job. He goes around and he was talking to people. Like, I mean, just telling people stuff. The guy dies and when the guy dies everybody who was around him disappears and abandons him. He dies alone. There's some people at the cross but he dies alone. Acts chapter 2 the Bible says that he resurrects and there's 150 people inside an upper room. I mean think about this for just a second. You the way that the world works now is that they tally your success by numbers. How much money do you have? How many businesses how many women do you have how, how much what are you doing like it, they tally it by that like it just how much do you have and in reality if you look at the life of Jesus it's just like yo hold on like he had 150 people at the very end his church was small bigger than greater right now but it was small like <laughs> praise the Lord I love you online I'm not you know trying you but come out to church but <laughs> but it's like in reality you look at it but what they didn't see was the bigger picture. They didn't see the lives that he was affecting. They didn't see the seed that was planted inside of the disciples that when a disciple walked out of the upper room in Acts chapter 3 the Bible says that a man was asking for money and that he looked at the man and he says silver and gold I do not have but what I do have I give to you get up and walk in the name of Jesus and this man's legs who was lame from birth all of a sudden he is strengthened something that only Jesus had did before then in Acts chapter 3 the Bible says that they say in Acts chapter 2 they say yo this guy's drunk and they're speaking in tongues and they're speaking in our own language it's way too early Early in the morning but they all towed down from the flow down they've been drinking way too much and Peter was able to speak to them and preach a message that only Jesus had done before all of a sudden now they're empowered because there's a big picture to the gospel that if you fast forward it 20 or 2,022 years later here it is that we're still talking about the message of Jesus we're still on assignment though the disciples have all died most of them pretty much all of them have been martyred and killed yet Time after time, season after season, country after country, decade after decade, century after decade after century. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ has not waned. Men and women have given their life for this thing and it continues to be preached. And all over the world right now on a Sunday, men and women are talking about the glorious big picture of Jesus. If you define Jesus by what the world defines, then you probably call him, he's not too much of a success but yo I'm here because of him. Your lives have been restored because of him. Your marriages have been restored. Your soul has been cleansed. Your sins have been forgiven because of the big picture of the gospel. The God that we serve, he lived a big life. It was a short life. If you're in your 20s, you think your 30s is like you're old. Bro, stop. Trust me. When you're 40, you look at 30s and you're like, "Bro, I was an idiot." Like, I didn't know anything. I thought I knew it all. No, you don't know anything. Trust me, bro. When you get to 40, you'll understand. But, but the, the big picture of it helps you to pull back. And be able to look at the landscape of life. And see, man, I should have died. I should have got a divorce. I should have lost everything. I should have done this. But in the gaps of every one of those moments... God was in the middle of it his hand was protecting me he brought that person into my life at the right time I met this church at the right time I found this at the right time this person called me at the right time and when you take a step back and you perceive the new thing that God is doing he begins to show you the whole big picture for many of us who are in this room we understand the big picture and we can pinpoint those moments that I just said you felt those moments you you felt them because you're like yeah bro I remember that if it wasn't for him But for some of us, that moment for you is now. For some of us, the gospel of Jesus, the fact that he would live a sinless life, that he would die for our sins and that he was resurrected after three days, the gospel, it's good news. But if you're honest, if you can paint your life right now and if you can explain your life right now, you don't feel like you got a lot of good news. The depression, the anxiety, the anger, the guilt, the shame, the unforgiveness, a lot of these things are living inside of you. Sin, you haven't given it up. Your your mind still races and it goes to places that you know you don't want to be at. Today, I want to give you an opportunity because there's freedom. There's a God. The big picture of the gospel is that he would rescue you from that place, that he will pull you from that place and bring you close to him. How does that happen? Chino, what do I got to do? Do I got to tithe to the church? Do I got to walk up to the front? Do I got to do a sacrifice? What do we got to do? Here's what you got to do. Simple. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse nine, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, that you shall be saved. Ephesians teaches us that salvation only comes by faith it's not anything that you do that way you don't have to say look at how good I am you can't do anything to earn this thing all you have to do is pray and believe I want to give you an opportunity I can't help you with the believing part with the faith part but I can help you with the praying part and in just a second I want you to pray with me understand the prayer that we're going to pray that's not a special prayer It's not something that's going to save you. That prayer doesn't save you. It's faith in the God that you're praying to that saves you. But when you make this commitment, when you say this prayer, whether you're in person or you're watching online, this is the moment that everything shifts. This is the moment that you can look back at it and say, that's where it changed. So would you do me a favor? Would you bow your head and close your eyes for just a second? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media platforms at MyGreater.church.